Welcome. This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. As we get into this time of the year, November and the fall, I go into this kind of a bit of a hibernation mode where I go inward quite often, and I become really reflective about the year and the journey that I've been on and those around me have been on. And then as well as I recently had at one of my year-long groups finish, and it was so heartwarming to see when I would look at their pre-work of where they were when they started and then their final reflection and to be on the journey with them. It was my heart just got so full to see how brave they were and how they did the work to change their lives. I want to preface that with something because especially for those of us who are overachievers, it's like, oh, if I just work harder, if I do more, then I'll finally get to that promised land, which there's not a promised land in the way to, you know, burst that bubble. But to do the work to transform your lives is often done in small steps. I've been saying for a long time, probably about 10 years here now on the show is small hinges can move big doors. And what we want to do is like plant seeds in our transformation. And oftentimes it becomes frustrating because it's not, it's not like you plant a seed and then poof, your garden grows, right? That would be the mindset of my daughter when she was about four and did some gardening with my husband one day. She planted some seeds and she's so excited. And the next day she went out and watered it some more. And she kept going out, kept looking, squatting down and looking, going, where is it? where is it? And that's how we often are with our own transformation. And when I was reviewing the final reflections of my clients in this year that we'd been together and they had planted a lot of seeds and some grew and some were stunted and some needed to be replanted. But in the end, at the end of the year, they were able to really have this flourishing garden And there's still other areas of work to be done, right? We're never, that's why I said there's not a promised land. There's not this finished product. We have maybe some promised arenas. Maybe you have a spouse that you love or have the children that you love or the job that you love. There's some sort of, or friendship. There's one area, at least in your life where you're like, huh, I'm in the promised land. I don't need to worry about this aspect of my life for now. I've got it. But when we're trying to make that change, that transformation, we get so hard on ourselves and want it to happen right away. So my invitation for you is one, it's planting seeds. It takes a lot of seeds or small hinges to move those doors. And it is really possible. And my invitation is to be patient with yourself, right? We don't want to be like my four-year-old daughter who after a few days was like, okay, I'm over this. It's not happening. I'm out. (laughs) And I laugh because I can't tell you how often I would want that. You know, I'd want that so fast and so hard and I really, really graspy. And that hardness of it was made it harder. And then I thought, oh, I just have to work harder to make these transformations. And yes, you need to do put in the work and you also need to rest. That's part of the hard work of our transformations. 
and also doing things that are fun. So I'm going to let you guys in on a a little secret here of mine. (laughs) I just love to laugh with my brain because I'm 49 and I think it was last weekend, all of a sudden I had this like epiphany in my brain. And you know, as I talk with clients about what brings you joy, what's fun for you. And, you know, and thinking about it for myself, like what is fun? And I realized I was actually coming back. I dropped my daughter back off at her university and I was driving home and I had some space and I thought, you know what I really love to do as I was talking to myself driving home. What I really love to do is I love, love having deep conversations deep, rich, connective, fun-loving conversations that go into rambling and stuff. And we get detours in the conversations and, you know, we go into these other arenas, but I love that. I love having connected conversations. And so whether it's on my podcast, when I have guests on, I get the privilege of talking with my clients and being behind the curtains of their lives. And then I love talking with friends. So if it means I go on a hike with them, or if we go out to a meal where we're taken care of and served right now, we're, we're doing takeout mostly, or we're gathering and I'll sit in the cold and maybe again this winter sit outside in the cold because that's what I love. I love, love, love connecting with other people. And that's really what brings me joy. That's the thing. The environment that it is in is not as important as the rich connections with people. And when I talk about rich connections, you may think, oh, but I have to work hard. I'm like, no, it's the connections where I get to see the people I'm with, where they're willing to be vulnerable, where they'll take down their armor and we can get to go deep. And it does take bravery and it does take trust over time to have these kind of connections. But those are the things that I love. That is one my favorite thing. When I think about my life and the times that I've lost so much track of time, it's just when I was having fun, connecting, talking. And I sit here and I smile and I think about my favorite place in the world. And it's up in Northern Ontario, Canada, which I will be going back to one day, Amic Lake. And being up at the the main house and sitting on the porch and talking with people or a good friend and sitting at the dining room tables and people coming in and out or going for a walk or sitting down by the dock or on the grass or at the trampoline. Those are the things that I love. Connecting with people and it brings me so much joy. And one of the things, and I, the reason I was laughing with myself, it was like, of course, Corinne, you love to talk with people. You have a podcast. You're a life coach. You professionally speak, right? You are always, you love to talk to people. And I really do enjoy my downtime and I need to refuel that as well. And I can overspend, which can create (laughs) issues in my own life, right? Where I get pretty empty. So I need to make sure that I refuel myself. But something that was so of course, I couldn't even see it. And I thought, oh, it needs to be this or it needs to be that. And it doesn't need to be, it doesn't have like the setting isn't so particular as the humans. The humans are particular. And some of it has to do with my, when I interviewed Pam Slim and she was owning her own authenticity of how she wants to dress and how she wants to show up and, you know, and not wanting to wear fancy clothes. And for those that know me, they know that I love shirts that have words on them. It's been something that I've been wearing since 
probably about 2002, I think, 2003. And it was a shirt that started to give me courage. And it was the quote, well-behaved women rarely make history. And I still wear those shirts. I love them (laughs) with holes and all. And then I've added to my collection of shirts. They're my favorite things. And I love to put them on and go to work. And that is a part of who I am and, and what I do. And so the more and more that I embrace who I am and being okay with that instead of how it's supposed to look. And I think that's also because I remember when, again, back at that time, it was a little bit earlier than that, 2000, 2001, and I had babies and I was nursing them and I would watch Sex in the City because they were 20 minute shows and it was really nice shows to nurse to because they were quick. And I would watch the four women gather and the friends and I thought, oh, this is what I want. I want, I want to be with four girlfriends. I want to go to Sunday brunch. Wouldn't that be great? And after I unpacked that, I noticed, but wait a second. That means I have to get dressed up. Hmm. Back then getting dressed up, there wasn't a whole lot of brain juice or mental energy or physical energy for that. Wearing high heels. That's a no-go. I'm 5'11". Back then I did try to wear high heels, but it's a no-go these days. I want comfortable shoes. And then the other thing, especially back then, was Sundays were an opportunity for my family to be together. So I didn't want to leave them on a Sunday to go be with friends. So that didn't work. So what I was really looking for was connection with friends, with adult friends, and and having deep, rich conversations. And again, when I think about what is it that I love is having those connections with people where I do feel a sense of belonging and I belong with myself. So my invitation for you is thinking about what is it? What are the ingredients of something that brings you joy that you love to do? And maybe it's right in front of you and you didn't realize it. I would discount it because it was so simple. And I thought, well, is that really okay? It's got to be something bigger. But really, it is about connecting with the people that I care about in my life. And as we go into that, I'm going to talk about today's show, which is what comes before gratitude. One of the things, as I was talking about with the reflective piece of this year, is whether I'm working with clients or talking with people, is they start to shit on themselves about, well, I have so much to be grateful for but they're going through a really hard time or it has been a really hard time. And it's not that I'm trying to story fall on being a really hard time. It just, it has, right? And, and it continues to be. I know teachers are having a hard time in the classroom. Kids are having a hard time while they're glad to be back in school. And we're seeing it in the workplace, in homes, in schools. It's this, and we're seeing the great resignation go on. So it's happening. And while I understand the idea and the concepts around gratitude, one of the things that becomes really important to understand is a key concept of our strengths can become our weaknesses when we dial them up. And when we go into gratitude and we dial it up and we're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just be even more grateful. I'm going to be more grateful. We're pushing down the pain and not allowing it a space to release. I understand that sometimes it's, we want to flip into gratitude because we're like, oh no, (laughs) but Corinne, I'm really good at dress rehearsing tragedy. Remember our brains are hardwired to keep us alive. That is our brain's job. 
So our brain is going to see a problem and it is going to try to protect ourselves, right? And it is going to, which can lead to dress rehearsing tragedy, which can lead to harmful nightmares, (laughs) such as I want to be living down by the river in a van or like my old story of like, oh my gosh, we need to move to the Philippines, sell everything and move to the Philippines. That's a whole other story. We go into this worst case scenario and we focus on the worst case scenario and we store a fondle or we live in a swampland of shame. And so sometimes what people do is, and I've watched my clients do this, go into, oh, I'm just going to be grateful. Like, Corinne, I have so much to be grateful for. And they bypass that pain that they're feeling. We want to acknowledge that pain and then do the gratitude. That's the key. Acknowledge the pain. Recognize what it is and give it space for that grief to come out, for that sadness to come out. You know, giving ourselves the permission to feel the emotions. I had somebody say to me today, but Corinne, I think crying is weakness. And it wasn't a judgment. It was really a belief of how they viewed emotions. And and part of it is what's the cultural program we've been told? What are the stories that in our own survival that we've had about crying in tears? And really crying is a way for your body to release the emotions. Can it be manipulated? Can we use, you know, have maybe some of us learned how to use it to maybe get something? And that's, there's definitely cultural programming about that. But anytime we have a strength, it can become our weakness, right? So, but tears, genuine tears is the release from our body. It's the release from our soul. And so what my invitation for you is before you step into gratitude, gratitude is an important practice. We've been taught this. Many of us understand the research around gratitude and the importance of gratitude. So I'm not saying it's not important. It is. But when we're going through something difficult and we try to bypass it and go, oh, let me just swap over to gratitude and look, I have so much to be grateful for. 2021, you know, I am employed. I have this great family. I have all this stuff that's great. But all you want to do is cry and hide and you feel horrible or you're exhausted. It's really important to acknowledge that or even acknowledge that this is a hard time right now or that you do a lot or you have a lot of responsibility or you've taught people to give you a lot of responsibility. (laughs) I laugh because I see that in myself, right? So until we acknowledge what is going on, we can't work on, I don't want to say fix because especially for us overachievers, it's like, oh, let me go fix this. But we cannot change it, make it different, make it better for ourselves or for the other people around us. So instead of going straight to gratitude, my invitation for you is to acknowledge it, is to feel it, is to be with it, to give it space, you know, and really be, what are you experiencing? And asking that question, what are you experiencing? And there may be tears that will flow and that is okay. And one of the things I said to somebody, I said, you know, I've cried a lot in 2021 and I've come a long way because my younger self would never have cried nor told you all that I've cried a lot in 2021. 
And it's not that I sit here on the podcast and cry and I have my time and place for it, but it's the release. It's the release of the stuff that's stirring inside of me and I let it out. And that part is so, so important. And what I've noticed is that when I do cry, they're tears. And they don't last that long, those tears, right? Just as I will talk with you here and then I start to laugh at the silliness of my brain or my own experiences of what I do. And I laugh with myself, never at myself, because laughing at myself is standing against myself, laughing with myself. I'm with myself. I can see it. I can own my story and I can still love myself, as Brene would say, right? I own my story and I love myself and I laugh with myself, which is so, so important. Laughing at ourselves is, you know, set judger across the street, pointing that finger. So acknowledge what you are experiencing. If it's a hard time, acknowledge that. If it's a great time, you can acknowledge that as well. But the more that we allow to see and to feel and to experience what we are going through, that's going to build our own trust with ourselves because we're seeing clearly And we're allowing these emotions to flow through. And the one thing that I do know with this and my clients, the ones that have gotten to this level, they realize like, okay, this is hard there. You know, we all have, we live these amazing lives. (laughs) Little sarcasm there. Sorry, that's armor. Okay. We live amazing lives and there's shit shows everywhere. And it's truly the paradox that we have. What everybody wants to hear is like, no, I finally arrived at this promised land and it's wonderful and it's fantastic. And my husband is boom, boom, boom. And my children are boom, boom, boom. And my job is boom, 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 right? Like whatever the list is. And isn't this wonderful and dandy? Well, there can be amazing stuff and shit shows and all in one day. And then sometimes all in 30 minutes. (laughs) So when we have hope, When we can live in that shit show and go, okay, right now it sucks, but we will figure it out. We will get through this. And right now I can be with this. And I realize my fear is telling me that I'm going to be destitute and live down by the river. Like, I can't tell you how many of my smart, brilliant clients will say that from time to time. That's their biggest fear, right? But we will be okay. We will be okay. It's maybe hard. There may be a lot of pain and grief, and I've gone through a lot of that myself this year. There's been a lot of pain and grief and anger and betrayals and all of that. And as I sit here in November of 2021, I can also have joy and I can smile and think about what is it that I love to do, right? How do I love to spend my time? I love to spend my time with people. And I love to spend my time by myself with myself, right? I love both of those things. And for me, it's about figuring out what is, I don't like the word balance. So what is the amount that fuels me and where do I get to the point where I get drained and, you know, paying attention to that. And what I've noticed over the last 10 years or so is that as I head into the winter, I tend to have decreased capacity for others. And then as I go into spring and summer, my capacity increases. So like, I just remind myself like, Oh, I'm going into hibernation. Right. And so sometimes my brain can be like, Ooh, do this, do this, do this. (laughs) If you saw the plans that I had added on top of my weekend last weekend, 
but thank goodness I didn't reach out because I didn't do them. And I was tired just doing my weekend as it was <laughs> without those added plans, which I thought were going to be great going into the weekend. Except there was this voice like, hmm, are you sure you want to do that? Thank goodness I didn't. So like I can overestimate my capacity and I just keep learning and I keep checking in with myself and I remind myself not to judge that it's all learning. I'm learning what my capacity is right now and what my capacity is right now may be different next November and that's okay. Maybe I'll have more, maybe I'll have less. I don't know. But right now, all I know is what I'm going through today and I can do this and I can move through because I've acknowledged what it is. Maybe you've heard me say this on the podcast. I've, I've shared this with you know people in my life that this has been a really hard year. It's been a really, really hard year. I've learned a lot. And six months ago, I couldn't say I learned a lot. And I was like, this is a really hard year and it shouldn't be happening. <laughs> Arguing with reality, you never win. But I did that and it's been a really, really hard year and I'm making my way through. And there's also been beautiful moments and beautiful times in this hard year. And I could see those and I could really feel them and absorb them. And I could be grateful for them because what I did before the gratitude was to acknowledge what truly was the difficulties, the hardships right? The flat out anger. And I could have the, the judgment, right? And the rage and be okay with that. Not thinking that, oh, I needed to be calm and cool and collected all the time. We're messy humans. And this is one messy life that we live. So my invitation for you is as we go through and wrap up this year and we come to a close is to acknowledge what this year has been for you, thinking about it. You know, there's beauty and there's messes and there is shit shows and there are things that maybe you didn't like at all. Acknowledge it all. Hold space for it. Notice what you feel. Allow the feelings to come up. You know, come in and question what, what do you make all that mean? What are the stories that you tell yourself? What's the narrative? And then after that, then what are you grateful for? A gratitude is an excellent practice. With our kids, when they were little, we started at dinner time talking about what three things are you grateful for that day? Because I thought it was a really important practice to be able to see the beauty in, in our daily life that had occurred, what had happened that day, not in the future or in the past. And that was a really great skill set for when they're little. And now, in addition to the gratitude, is also being able to acknowledge where you are. That's really, really important to look at, okay, what, what have you been through? What are you feeling right now? It's okay. Because that will help you own your story so that you can love yourself and take care of yourself to get through the other side. Until next time, I'm smiling big for you. Hey, 
If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short, they're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. Never been so wide awake.